KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour starts now. Good morning, 8 o'clock. We have 64 degrees right now. It's going to be a record-setting warm day. 80 as the forecast high, probably 81, 82 in, in many areas. The old record is 80. Southwest winds 15 to 25 miles per hour. 64 degrees again. Now, we tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. Number three, happening today, Broken Arrow Cops warning residents about a rash of car burglaries. Number two, new this morning, we're learning disturbing details about the two Tulsa teenagers charged with raping a 15-year-old girl. Jacob Davis and Corbin West recorded several videos of them torturing animals and posted multiple threats and slurs against minorities. Number one... Our top story on the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour. 17 people are dead after police say a gunman used a semi-automatic weapon to shoot his former classmates at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, Wednesday. And now fellow students and neighbors say there were many warning signs. A picture of 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz becomes clearer. His adoptive mother died this past November, and he was living with a friend's family. Cruz was expelled from school for disciplinary reasons. One student said it was for fighting with his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend, and that Cruz had been abusive to the girl. On social media, Cruz is seen with pictures of guns and knives bragging about shooting animals, and many people described him as, quote, obsessed with guns. A former neighbor said police were called to his home multiple times and he was seen shooting at a neighbor's chickens. Words like sketchy, weird, off, strange, troubled, and super stressed out all the time, used by multiple students. 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz booked on 17 counts of premeditated murder. President Trump tweeting about the horrific events in Parkland, Florida, tweeting this morning, quote, so many signs that the Florida shooter was mentally disturbed, even expelled from school for bad or erratic behavior. Neighbors and classmates knew he was such a big problem, must always report such instances to authorities again and again. A tweet from President Trump this morning. Charlie Bushyhead is the Assistant Superintendent of Support Services. He runs security for the Union Public Schools and joins us live on the KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. As you watch the events and, and hear about what happened in Parkland at uh, Stoneman Douglas High School yesterday, um, do you see parallels that, uh, you know, are you learning anything that you think you might be able to implement in Union? You know, I, I, I think with any of these situations, first of all, very, very sad and, and uh just to all the families and everybody experiencing that that tragedy. But what it causes is hopefully people to reevaluate the importance of the things that we do try to put in place and why, you know, students sometimes wonder why do we have IDs, why do we require that. We'll have guests that, you know, sometimes are bothered if, you know, we need them to check in and we need them to show that they've they've cleared cleared our uh, front desk and, and are supposed to be there and just making sure that you take those security measures seriously. Uh, you know, it's something as simple as propping a door open or letting someone in that uh, you don't know through a side door can create an opportunity for, for something to happen. So it, it's a good time to talk uh, with with our kids. It's a good time to review our plans. Uh, we we do do several drills throughout the year. We do have a, a district emergency plan that is in place, uh, and we feel feel good about that. But it's it's a time for everybody to look at it and say, hey, this is why we do this. This is why it's important. Um, I think the biggest thing that's going to come out on this, and, and we're hearing a lot of it now, is just the warning signs. 
you know, our district has a Safe Schools Alert system where you can online text, voice call, email concerns that you have. Uh, that goes to several of us immediately in the district. And so, you know, if you have a concern, you have have something that doesn't seem right, uh, report it. And, and you're really... talking, Charlie, you're talking about things like if a student sees another student's um, Instagram page and there's something questionable on there, or they posted, you know, some other place, uh, a picture of them doing, well, like these uh, two teenage uh, rape suspects, torturing animals, stuff like that. You want to hear about those kinds of things, right? Yes. It, you know, especially if it's, it's involving our students, because one, we want to provide them the support. Uh, we want to we want to find out what's going on. Or quite often, you know, as I'm a parent, you you know, kids don't always communicate to their parents everything, and so sometimes the friends will know more about what's going on than what what even the parents will. And so, you know, it's it's important that when friends do have that and they have a concern, yes, that they do share share that. And you know, we 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 set up a system so that they are able to do that anonymously if they would like to, uh, but the main the main thing is that they do report any concerns that they have and alert us of that. 8.05, you're listening to the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour. Charlie Bushyhead is our guest right now, Union Public Schools Security Chief, and Rick Corey is with me. Charlie, I know one of the things you guys do is try to funnel them into that front entrance, especially there at the new college and prep center right there. Any thought ever of having... Um, uh, metal detectors there and how much harder is it charlie because schools have just gotten so much bigger well it is it is difficult because of the number of kids and and you know you want to create an atmosphere where the kids do feel welcome but also you know safety of our students is paramount for us um we've changed some of our entrances even within the last year to where at a certain time of day you can only go through a secured point uh, we have officers and administrators stationed at our entrances where our kids come in, and so we identify them through making them wear IDs, student IDs, and that that allows us to, to pick out kids that or someone that isn't supposed to be there, and then we try to redirect them in that. But it, it is difficult. We have over 3,000 kids on that campus. Uh, some are in concurrent enrollment. They go to tech. They, you know, they have virtual classes, and so you do have kids that are in and out. So that does make it a little more secure. But we have, you know, set times throughout the day in which we tighten that down. To you, are you limited to uh, one or two entrances within the building? Charlie, do you carry a gun? I do not. I am uh, at, over support services. I do have a director of security, Ty Wardlow, uh, who has been has been with us for five years. Um, and he and all of our officers are armed. Uh, we have uh, 13 full-time officers in our district, and then we also have, uh, we work with Broken Arrow uh, Police Department, and then we hire uh, Tulsa police officers that patrol for us during the day. Rick also. has Rick's been taking a lot of open mics today from people who say, what, Rick, we should arm teachers, right? Yeah, there's so many people that say that. I know, of course, each district gets to make that decision. I know that, Charlie, is a decision that would be made by Dr. Hartzler and your group. But I've got something else that just struck me, and it may be the most out-of-the-blue thing, but has there ever been any talk of eliminating backpacks, of not um, doing that, and you, and you see, so they can't bring them in? Uh, you know, there, that's something that we have discussed. You know, in cer certain schools, you know, we have different policies about where where their backpacks should be. Uh, that's a difficult thing at the high school level because, again, you're talking about kids that are carrying laptops. You're talking about kids that 
um, have their textbooks for the various classes, and they're in and in and out of the building uh, throughout the day, and it would be very difficult for them to manage that. Uh, again, our our primary, I think our our primary defense is is making sure that we know who are the people in our building, and it's our kids and our staff, but also keeping those open lines of communication when there is a concern, especially if it is involving one of our, our kids, uh, that, that if there is something going on or they've given indication that they're inclined to do something that would harm themselves or harm others. We want to know that, and we'll intervene, and we do intervene. You know, these things do come up, and uh, fortunately for us, we've been able to get in front of them with the assistance of our students and staff of uh, finding out when these things are, are, are ho- happening. Charlie, um, yes, the decision would be up to the board or the superintendent, but Oklahoma law does allow teachers to carry concealed on campus as head of security for the union schools. Is that something you would favor? Not, not at the sites where we have security officers, no. All right. Thank you. Charlie Bushyhead is the head of security. The assistant superintendent of support services is his actual title for the Union Public Schools. We appreciate you being with us. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Fox uh, News Radio's Eben Brown is in Broward County, Florida, following up this morning on the suspect and on the victims and uh, getting ready for that briefing that we expect to uh, happen in about an hour and a half. Good morning, Eben. Good morning. What have we learned overnight about what happened there at Stoneman Douglas and about this 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz that they're, they're holding? Sure. So Cruz uh, had been interrogated through the night and moved to jail this morning. He's now charged with 17 counts of premeditated murder. We can assume that means one for every person who's uh, dead. Uh, and that would lead me to believe that investigators feel he was intending on, on mass carnage, that he was going for as many... Uh, victims as he could, uh, that uh, that he was not seeking someone specifically, and everyone else was, if I could crudely say, and I apologize, uh, uh, collateral damage, uh, but that uh, he was trying to uh, uh, get as many uh, people as he could, and, and, and that would lead to having 17 counts of premeditated murder. He's 19 years old in Florida. That makes this whole thing death penalty eligible. Uh, I would assume that prosecutors would seek that in this case, uh, unless, of course, he agrees to plea, in which case they may, you know, offer to not uh, not seek the death penalty. But um, we'll see what happens. What are you hearing from the people in that area about, uh, you know, their kids and the safety of, of other students at other schools? Well, people are, are certainly concerned uh, that uh, someone who was expelled for being a discipline problem and, and having a violent past would still be able to get into the school somehow. Forget the fact that he brought a firearm, but simply yeah. that he got into the school. Uh, that's a question that many people are going to want answered. I don't know if they'll have an answer today, uh, but it's something that will be under review for sure. Um, I, I think most people, however, are just trying to concentrate on being with their families today. Um, and uh, you know, the school itself is closed and will remain closed tomorrow as well. We haven't heard yet about next week. Um, but uh, they're... Uh, you know, I think the community, which isn't that big of a community, but it is a very big school, about 3,200 students go there, and wow. plus the adults, uh, you're looking at almost, I think, 4,000 people, and uh, you know that, that's a that's a big, big school, and it's a small town. So uh, you know, we we expect a lot of people to who live there to have 
some kind of connection to what happened. We, we have only one name here this morning, and that is the uh, school resource officer who was also an assistant football coach who uh, ended up being killed, apparently uh, throwing his body in front of a student and saving that student's life. Aaron Feiss, or Feiss is his name. Do you have any, any, any other IDs released yet? No, we haven't had any more released yet. We, we may learn some uh, at 930 when the, uh, when the sheriff speaks. All right. Uh, but uh, the story of, of that man who, who did sacrifice himself for the students is certainly being made known. Uh, that, that's an, uh, an, uh, an incredible act of bravery. Uh, and I think a lot of, of these students themselves are getting a lot of praise because a lot of them are able to to uh, talk uh, coherently about what happened. And uh, many of them are telling stories about how they protected one another, uh, hiding each other in closets, getting them to be quiet so that they might not be found, um, uh, calling for help at the right time when they could using their phones, uh, protecting, actually. I'll tell you one, one little uh, story that I heard over the scanner yesterday. Uh, someone... Uh, a student in a classroom was keeping a door closed, even though someone on the other side claiming to be police was trying to get in. That student called 911 and said, I'm in classroom number so-and-so. Is that really a police officer on the other side of the door? Hmm. Uh, and we heard dispatch talking to the police uh, on the SWAT team saying, hey, is this you outside room, whatever? Yes, it is us. Please let us in so we can help. Uh, that student was, you know, if that had been a, you know, the shooter on the other end uh, trying to, to fake them out, I mean, that, that student really put himself on the line. Indeed did. Thank you, Fox 23, our Fox News Radio's Evan Brown there in Broward County, Florida. We tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes, all day. Now, back to the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour on News 1023 KRMG. Rick mentioned this morning maybe eliminating backpacks from schools. I know a lot of sporting events uh, will only allow you to bring in a clear plastic backpack. That might be another option. Why don't we just uh, send all the teachers through self-defense training and give them concealed weapons permits, and then we will know that the teachers in the schools are armed. Those who think teachers should be carrying guns on campus don't understand the personalities of teachers very well. (laughs) Well... Okay, you can take that a couple of ways, I suppose. Uh, 820 on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. And joined now by our former KRMG Morning News colleague, now the host of Orlando's Morning News at WDBO in Orlando, Joe Kelly. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dan. Hard to believe that was five and a half years ago. Yeah, it's time flies when you're having fun. I uh, wish we were having more fun this morning. You yeah. are in Broward County where the, the shock is still palpable, I take it. You know, it's really interesting because there's kind of two worlds that exist here at this hour. This is, you know, it's a major metropolitan area, the the Miami-Fort Lauderdale um, marketplace. And you've got a lot of people whose lives were ended yesterday, a lot of others whose lives were irreparably changed yesterday. You've got others that knew some of the people that were involved. And then you've got the rest of the community. And there, there's a bit of a pause here because I have seen some of the, the working stiffs, if you will, kind of look at each other saying, wow, this is horrible. Well, we've got to get back to work. And, and life goes on. Mm. But for so many people, life is not going to go on, or it certainly is not going to go on the way that it did prior to 2.30 p.m. Eastern yesterday. What are you hearing that's new this morning that uh, you didn't know when you went to bed there uh, yesterday? You know, one of the more startling things was when we woke up this morning, we were told that there were still five bodies laying in the school that had not yet been identified. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I really struggle with the horror of those family members 
waiting for identification, waiting to hear about their sons and daughters, and knowing that there are five remaining bodies inside the school that haven't yet been identified. And really that can only mean one thing. Those bodies are so badly damaged that they can't be identified. Pretty much, yes. And it, it certainly isn't easy to identify them. Uh-huh. And, and of course, in, in this case, and I think of some of the other incidents like the one we had in Orlando with the Pulse nightclub, and I think of Stephen Paddock, the Las Vegas shooter. Both of those uh, uh, perpetrators ended up dead. In this case, he's not. He was captured alive. And th- those stories end pretty quickly, Vegas and Orlando. Um, but this story is going to go on. As we say in the industry, it has legs because the suspect is alive. He's going to be making court appearances. Presumably, right. he's going to be tied up in the court process for years. You know, you know this audience here in Tulsa. Uh, we don't know your audience there very well in Orlando. You can imagine that uh, many of our open mics this morning have been calls for teachers to be armed for greater openness of Second Amendment rights and, and basically having more guns in more places. Uh, teaching teachers self-defense, things like that. What are you hearing from your audience in Central Florida? Yeah, so we are, we are, uh, I guess, a purple state uh, rather than a red state. We're a little bit more politically diverse. We've got a lot more. uh, In fact, in Orlando, there are more Democrats than Republicans. Hmm. And, you know, we're... (laughs) I think everybody agrees that there is a problem, and everybody agrees that there's got to be a solution. But, of course, this is where we differ <laughs> as to what exactly the solution is. And we've heard from a lot of people, uh, you know, some rather extreme comments, some suggesting we need to get rid of public schools. Uh, but, of course, we know that sometimes shootings take place in churches and, and concerts and, uh, you know, in other places that aren't schools. So I don't know that that's going to be the solution. Yes, we hear from people who say we need to arm the teachers. Uh, we need to train the, the teachers. We need to eliminate the gun-free zones. Uh, some people are inclined to, to blame us, the media. It's our fault because you know, we're the ones out there reporting on what happened, and we're, we're planting the ideas in other people's minds. So, And frankly, I think all of us in a situation like this, we should all pause for just a brief moment and say, what if? What if it was guns? What if it was the media? What if it was parents? What if it was video games? What if it was a lack of security at the schools? I mean, I think we really have to consider everything before we rule out everything or something. And one last thing, and you and I kind of touched on this earlier this morning. Let's talk about the media's role in this. And I, I mentioned earlier today the, the narrow and, and constantly getting narrower window that these things get covered. In a, in a couple of days, we might not be talking about Stone and Douglas High School. In fact, we might be talking about another school shooting. But I wanted to take a different approach. How do you answer people who say we shouldn't be saying the gunman's name? You know, that, that is a pure judgment call. That is not a, a hard and true thing that is taught in journalism school, broadcast school. I mean, that really comes down to the decision by the broadcaster or by the news director as to whether or not to do that. I, I think we would be negligent in our jobs if we ignore that the suspect is a person who has an identity and has a name. Uh, do we want to glorify him? Absolutely not. And I think that there's a point at which... Uh, we can refer to him as the shooter or the suspect and, and don't have to glorify his name. 
All right, Joe, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. That's uh, former KRMG Morning News host Joe Kelly, now host of the Orlando Morning News, WDBO. Thank you, sir, in Broward County, Florida. I would just add to that that probably after a day or two, we won't use Nicholas Cruz's name. We won't need to anymore. But at the beginning of the story, you got to talk about who the shooter was and why maybe they did what they did. The KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. In-Depth Hour starts now. Good morning, 8.32 on the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour as we explore what happened yesterday at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. The systematic destruction of the family unit is the underlying problem. We need armed teachers or we need to put armed guards in every school, period. School resource officers can't be everywhere at once. I'd be more comfortable if every teacher had a firearm and was trained how to use it. Bottom line, these schools have got to be locked up tighter than a drum from the outside. I mean, really tight. Tough to get in in all sorts of ways. Passes, etc. Lock them up. So I've got a suggestion. Why don't we just uh, send all the teachers through self-defense training and give them concealed weapons permits? we got plenty of unemployed veterans. Give them the job of security at schools. They'd be more than happy to protect our children people like this. I know a lot of sporting events uh, will only allow you to bring in a clear plastic backpack that might be another option some of what we're hearing from you via open mic on the krmg app this morning let's hear from the superintendent of the tulsa public schools dr deborah gist Uh, good morning dr gist good morning dan i'm struck by how many connections tulsans seem to have with this school in parkland florida uh, marjorie stone and douglas high school mentioned a moment ago a friend of mine teaches the school's competition color guard one of her students was among the 17 killed another friend of mine teaches third grade in an elementary school just blocks from the, the high school rick Corey's in-laws have family with kids attending the school watched one of his classmates being gunned down uh, you have a friend there too right i i do i know the superintendent very well and one of his uh senior people as a, a friend of mine from many, many years ago. And and actually a number of people in Tulsa Public Schools, uh, we've attended uh, uh, some combined trainings together. And so there are a number of principals and others in Tulsa Public Schools who've worked closely with members of their team. And so it's, it's, it's odd to think that there are so many connections, but, you know, connections are not, th- these kinds of things hit so close to home. They're absolutely terrifying, absolutely heartbreaking, and I think everyone um, just just gets filled with um, just terrible sadness, but also incredible anxiety about yeah. thinking that everyone thinks it can happen to them. Let's address that anxiety a little bit. What can you tell parents in the Tulsa schools this morning that might help them feel a little bit better as they drop their kids off today? What I can tell them is that we are on top of this, and we... Um, the Tulsa Public Schools has a very strong emergency response plan. We we take these uh, situations seriously and prepare for them. So we have, um, because we're able to have a campus police department as a part of our school district, we are able to have emergency plans. We practice our plans. We, we're prepared. We're also, because of the generosity of Tulsans, we are able to... Uh, have buildings, uh, more and more buildings who have the more modern, um, secure entrances and the kinds of things that can um, help to prevent these types of incidences. And I would also say that um, we've put into place um, 
uh, support systems, uh, emergency support teams. And we hope that we have in place now um, ways that when, when folks see that there's a need or they have a worry or a concern, they have a place to go to say, you know, this doesn't feel right. Um, something's off with this child. I'll tell you, we don't have enough. We do not have enough um, emotional and mental health support services in in Oklahoma. But with the resources that we do have, I feel like we've structured ourselves well enough to maximize those resources Let's, to identify and, and lean in when we need to. Can I can I drill down a little bit on on school security? Uh, you mentioned advanced entrances to schools. How many schools have magnetometers or some device capable of detecting a weapon? Well, that's not what we have. What we have are um, our entrances that mean that there's a, 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 a buzzing system that means that you have to, you're buzzed into a, a secured area that allows you access to the office, but not access to the rest of the building. Um, and we have um, camera uh, and voice uh, entrances where you, you know, you're seen and then you're, you talk to someone and then you're buzzed in. And then when you're buzzed in, you're buzzed into an area that doesn't allow you access to the school immediately. Um, Those aren't in every building, but that is what we've been able to do with the bond funding. And we're building more and more of those. How many armed security officers? Um, Every high school has a, a, school resource officer who is assigned to them full time every day and they do and then we have rounds that we do at our elementary and middle school are those resource officers armed yes I, i believe oklahoma passed a law in 2015 allowing local school boards to decide if their teachers could carry their guns on campus have you considered that in tps or does tps allow handgun licensed teachers to carry their weapons no, we have we have uh, trained officers who care who carry weapons, and we have a campus police department with a police chief, and we are fortunate to have that. And I will tell you, during difficult budget times, those are considerations that we've made. It's whether or not we rely upon our very strong relationship with the Tulsa Police Department and make adjustments there. But uh, things like this and 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 other things. Uh, certainly cause you to to be grateful for what we've been able to hold on to with our um, police department. How closely do you uh, patrol students' social media postings, and, and how quickly can you identify a troubled student by something they put online? Um, I would not say that we do that um, on a regular basis, but I would say that our students have been um, – we, what we need is the see something, say something kind of a situation, because uh, as you and I have both heard with this situation, there were concerns. And we have to get to a point where where students are raising those concerns forward. I have um, uh, just recently been we've been working um, one of our high schools and we're just we we've been really pleased to see the way in which our students have started to um, call out when they see a concern. And it has to do with relationships. It has to do with being explicit about why that's necessary, and working with students so that they understand that none of us ever think these kinds of things will happen in any community, but they do, and they can happen in any community. 
And the way that we prevent them from happening is when we when we tell an adult who can help us and when that adult knows what to do when someone comes to them. Going to be talking to Senator Langford in the next hour and probably Senator Inhofe as the day goes on. Is there a message that you'd like me to give them from the Tulsa Public Schools from you? You know, I would say that these kinds of things are we need a solution. And I don't think any of us knows exactly what that is. And there's no one thing that can be done to to uh, prevent these terrible accidents and uh, or, or incidences. Uh, it's a combination of things. It's security. It's it's uh, mental and emotional health, and it's and it's gun gun security and and figuring out what we can do together to to prevent these things. Um, it does require funding, and it requires us to maximize the funding we have. But it does require funding. Last question. Talk a little bit about what you see as the parents' responsibility in this. Now, uh, obviously, Nicholas Cruz was 19. He had left home. He had bought the gun when he was 18. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, obviously raising him, they may have had an influence. But what do, you, what do you think, when you hear about these situations happening, what do you think about the parents of the suspect? Well, and obviously we're still learning more about this particular situation, but uh, it does sound like he had a very difficult home life. But what we've seen in these incidences before is that that has varied dramatically. In some cases, the um, the the uh, the uh, young people or, or others who who were, or were the murderers had families who had done everything they possibly could to try to get help and uh, and you know could have been any any of us in other cases you think well gosh you know these people you know shouldn't have even be raising someone they've made terrible choices and they contributed to the situation perhaps in some way and so i think that there's doesn't there seems to be um a not a pattern there and so i think that obviously we want parents to to make great choices and to raise their children well and but we also need parents when they have uh their own children having um, significant struggles they need to have access to to health services and we have too many situations in our country and right here at home where we don't have access to the right kind of health services and, and people don't know where to turn and don't know what to do. Dr. Guest, thank you for um, so much time this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Had that conversation with Dr. Deborah Gist earlier this morning. Um, had a couple of follow-up questions for her. We thought we heard her say to another news media outlet that uh, she was forming a team to evaluate security. Ask her about that by text, and what she said is, I am getting our team together to reevaluate our plans. We do that regularly. An incident like this gives us important information. And she went on to say that uh, she checked, and in the Tulsa Public Schools, they have a total of 34 armed officers, 18 of them police, 16 of them security. I remember going to school, having my 30, 30, 22, or my shotgun in my back window. Many other kids the same. Never nothing ever happened then. Don't understand it. The only way you stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. I'll tell you how to fix it. Arm the teachers. Very simple. Well, let's ask a teacher if it is that simple. In fact, let's ask a teacher at Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, I've mentioned already that uh, this one strikes awfully close to home because 
I have friends who teach at Stillman Douglas High School, and they teach the uh, competition color guard, the winter guard. And I understand one of their members lost their life yesterday. Manny Miranda is director of the Winter Guard at Stoneman Douglas High School and joins us live. Good morning, Manny. Good morning. Where were you yesterday and what did you see or hear? Um, I was actually headed to Stoneman Douglas for uh, for rehearsal. Um, and I get a text message. Uh, I have a group chat with um, the rifle line. Um, and they were texting saying that they heard gunshots and they were hiding in classrooms and um, you know, that there was a, a situation going on at the school. And at first I, you know, I didn't think it was a joke. At first I thought they were just maybe, you know, I, honestly, I don't know what I thought at that moment, but then it became very serious when I read back in my house and I saw the news and I saw that, you know, it was, it was something extremely serious. It was not a joke at all. So you, you, um, at that point, tried, you, you did not go to the school then you, you turned around and went home at that no, at that well, at that point, I, I mean, I, the first my initial reaction was I need to check on on, on these kids. Sure. You know, I mean, I, I need to make sure they're okay. That that was my first initial reaction, and I I went, you know, I, I made my way towards the school. By the time I got there, I mean, there was no way I was going to even get close sure. to that school. Yeah. How are your kids doing? Have you talked to them? Um, I mean, I've talked to some of them. Um, you know, right now they're just trying to process everything that happened. You know, they just. You know, one of the kids just posted something saying, you know, I woke up and it's not a dream, it's reality, you know. So I think that it's sinking in little by little, unfortunately, but I mean, they're, you know, they're doing their best. They're a tight group. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's going to take a lot of time, definitely a lot of time, a lot of healing, a lot of, you know, a lot of everything. But I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that they can get past this, but it's, it's, they're definitely not okay. That's, that's for sure. You heard some of the callers that I played before we started talking. What, what do you think about this notion of, of letting teachers conceal carry at school? Um, honestly, um, I mean, I don't want to really get into that too much, but my honest opinion is I think nobody should have a gun, to tell you the truth. Nobody should carry anything. Nobody, it's, it's just not, it's not the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to have for whatever reason. You know, personally, that's how I feel about it. I mean, I know that there's many, many people that think many different things, but I mean, I just, I, I, I don't feel that that's the right thing to do. That's just, you know, violence against violence and a gun versus another gun, I would say is just, it's just not right for me, you know. Tell us a little bit about the young lady that perished uh, that was in your color guard squad. Uh, so um, her name, her name is Gina. Um, she was a freshman. Um, she was in the JV team for two years, and this was her first year in the high school guard. Sweet girl, innocent, caring I mean, she would do anything for anyone. She would, I mean, you would ask for anything. I mean, I, I remember two weeks ago, maybe I was just randomly saying, Hey, I need a pen. And she ran to her backpack. She grabbed the pen. She gave it to me. Like, I mean, she would, she would literally do anything for anyone. I mean, she had not a bad bone in her body, not a single one. I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. I did, mean, did you or any of your students know of uh, Nicholas Cruz? Um, so a former student that graduated from Stoneman uh, texted me yesterday and she said to me, I can't believe this. He was in my, I don't remember what period she said, whatever period or whatever class he was in with her. And she tells me, she's like, you know, and he always seemed a little, the way she put it, she just said he seemed a little off, you know? So that's, I mean, honestly, that's all, that's all that she said to me. I, I personally didn't know the kid. I never saw him at Douglas. I mean, there's. It's over a huge 3, school, kids, right? So yeah, three thousand, three hundred yeah, yeah. kids. Yeah, over three thousand kids. You know, so it's 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 
you know, I, I mean, like I said, I don't know him. Some of the kids knew him, yeah. but I didn't personally know him. Uh, Manny, we'll let you go in just a second, but I wanted you to meet my co-host, sure. Rick Corey. He has a question for you, Rick. Sure. Uh, first of all, sure. in a situation like this, I want to know what's the first thing you're actually going to say to them when you get them back together? How can you make them feel safe again? Um, I mean, there's really no words that I can say to those kids when I see them all together. The first thing I want to do is hug all of them and cry because I know that that's what we're going to do. We're going to cry and we're going to hug and we're going to love each other. And honestly, you know, sometimes that's more than words can say, you know, so. Well, do me a favor, uh, Manny, give give April a hug for me. Give Adam Sage a hug for me. And um, I'm hoping that the music education community just folds its arms around you at Stoneman and Douglas and and, uh, that that you're allowed to heal. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Manny Miranda, the color guard instructor at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. We're joined live by Oklahoma Senator James Langford. Good morning, Senator Langford. Hey, good morning to you. We have all these examples, Orlando, Las Vegas, San Bernardino. I could rattle them all off. You know them all too well. We always say something needs to be done. Something doesn't get done. What are your thoughts this morning? Yeah, obviously, uh, continue to be able to pray for the families and be able to support each other. Uh, what was done uh, yesterday was law enforcement stepped in uh, as rapidly as possible, uh, had the opportunity to be able to uh, pick up this student, you know, this former student, and be able to arrest him. And we'll try to go through the process of unpacking. There's no way to make sense of it. Uh, there's no way to be able to look at it and say uh, that w- there, there's some trigger that could have stopped it until we go through the investigation and try to determine it. But every single time is sad, but every single time is different. Uh, There will be a cry from some to say we should take all guns away from all Americans, and that would make it safe. It would be more like Australia and no one can own guns. Uh, Or to say we've got to have severe restrictions on types of guns. Uh, But we've yet to see a restriction on anything other than, quite frankly, breaking our own constitution that really is able to solve some of these things. Uh, So we've got to work through them one family, one individual at a time. Well, let's, let's throw out one, some would say, small step. Nicholas Cruz apparently used several different clips in his rampage yesterday. Mm-hmm. What about simply limiting the number of bullets that can be in a magazine? Yeah, I've heard that suggestion several times before, saying if you can put uh, 25 uh, rounds in a magazine or 20 or uh, 30 or whatever it may be, it's too many. The, the problem is when you use multiple clips, if you have uh, 10 in a magazine or if you have uh, 6 in a magazine, uh, if you're just carrying extra magazines with you and dropping one and putting in another one, it doesn't slow down the process much. It's literally less than a second order of two seconds uh, to be able to make the, the transition. So, again, that, that argument is out there, and I understand that full well, uh, but I've yet to see that that would actually make a difference for individuals that are rapidly changing out their magazine. Give us something, then. What would make a difference? Yeah, what, what, what makes the greatest difference is uh, impact of families and raising their own. Uh, there are several million people in Florida and a lot of folks in their own families and individuals uh, that this did not happen uh, yesterday with their kid and with their family, not blaming any family because we don't know at this point, uh, but it ends up being family to family and individual to individual. Uh, often it's mental health. Sometimes it's a rampage. For instance, in Las Vegas, we still can't determine why in the world uh, this individual would randomly stockpile all of those weapons uh, and to be able to stockpile them all together and then shoot total strangers. Uh, that wasn't an issue of uh, magazines. Uh, that was an issue of just the quantity of weapons that he had and he was able to uh, be able to use. Uh, so each one is different and each one is exceptionally painful. The NRA gets targeted after events like this. Um, how much money have you accepted from the National Rifle Association and are you comfortable with those contributions? 
uh, I am comfortable with his contributions, and it hasn't been actually very much. I'm trying to think of exactly what it might have even been. Uh, it, it's not very much because, quite frankly, NRA typically doesn't donate any dollars. Uh, there may be individuals, and I'm sure there are, that are members of the NRA. Uh, but it's always interesting to me uh, when someone uh, makes the accusation, hey, you, you receive uh, $2,000 at some point from someone who's connected with the NRA. Surely that bought your vote. And you think uh, a typical Senate campaign is about $3 million. Uh, that is just thousands of Oklahomans that are engaged uh, in trying to be able to support any campaign on either side. Uh, so it's always ironic to me to someone say, gosh, your your vote was bought by something. Typically, people that donate to any campaign don't donate to try to buy a vote. Uh, they donate because they already believe where you are on that same issue, uh, whether that be Second Amendment or First Amendment right to free speech, uh, as we've had a similar argument to say, gosh, there's fake news out there in some place, so maybe we should control the speech of every radio station and every television station. I also think that's absurd as well, uh, to be able to help guard our basic freedoms. Uh, but we do have to engage in ways that are local and that help families and kids. Senator Rick Corey is here. Senator, if you had ultimate authority to do anything you wanted to do, what would be the first thing you would do to try to start stop stopping this? Yeah, again, the hardest part about this is what exactly that would be. Uh, there's been no one that has been able to come up with a secret answer for it yet. Uh, the first thing that I would do is to re-engage uh, our parents and our kids uh, with each other. Uh, and uh, I would start looking at uh, what are the trigger mechanisms. For instance, uh, we've had some uh, kids, and I, again, don't know this one, uh, that has spent uh, hours and hours and hours a day playing some of the violent video games, literally training themselves how to go hall to hall. Uh, and to be able to shoot, how to be able to change out magazines. Uh, is that an impact? There's no doubt it is. The question has been, how do you limit the violent video games? Uh, I've had uh, other opportunities to be able to walk through and say, how do we just get families uh, more engaged with each other? And uh, will that make a difference? I believe it will. Because, again, the presence of guns and even large scale have not is not rare in, in America. This has been a longstanding issue from the very beginning. Uh, the transition in violence in the last 20 years has certainly been a transition for us. Is this a symptom of a deep societal sickness in American culture? I don't, I don't think anyone doubts that. Uh, the, the, the doubt is how to be able to solve it and what's the best way to resolve it with engagement from our churches, engagement of families, engagement of neighbors. Uh, the, the initial stories that came out of this report uh, were just a flood with students saying, yeah, I knew this guy would do something at some point or I didn't have a doubt yeah. uh, that this was the guy. And when I saw him in mixing the crowd, I knew that was the guy uh, because of what he had done when he was a student uh, in his violent background. See something, say something. All right, Senator, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. That's Oklahoma you Senator bet. James Langford. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.